0: this is localization today a podcast from multilingual media covering the most relevant daily news in the language industry so dave rouen is somebody a lot of people know uh, aside from being a thought leader he also runs the process innovation challenge together with alex burnett right now and uh just wanted to ask you What was the idea behind starting the Pick Challenge and how did it gain momentum over the years?
1: Um, Great to be here, as usual, having a chat with yourself. Um, The idea came from the whole concept of sharing information and how good or not so good we are at doing that. Um, I had a team of engineers uh, who I worked with about 20 years ago. We used to have a weekly meeting and at that meeting, all sorts of status and topics would come up, um, but one time someone said, I have this problem, and was, I've been at it for three days trying to solve it. And then someone else in the room said, hey, I've actually got a solution to that. It's a quick script. It'll solve it in five minutes. And the meeting continued on, and I stopped the meeting as I was the manager at the time. I said, hey, anyone see what just happened? you guys sit beside each other in the same floor, in cubicles, and you didn't share an innovation. So that was a concept I always had in my head. And I got talking to Ulrich Haynes in 2016, and uh, I said, hey, I have this idea of sharing innovative solutions, ideas, concepts, and I'd love to be able to do it at Lockworld. And that's where it came from. And Ulrich said, well, I'll sponsor you. We'll go for it in Barcelona in 2017 was the first one.
0: 2017 was the first one? Right. Okay. And um, since then, can you remember a couple of candidates that really stood out or a couple of ideas that really stood out to you and why?
1: Yeah, so we've kept the platform as a kind of any type of innovation within localization is valid. We didn't want to ring fence things in. So we, we get technology innovations, of course. We get conceptual ideas and technology, but we also got process innovation ideas, uh, where someone is trying to redefine how we do things. One example was in 2019 in Portugal, uh, we had Julia Tarditti, who was with a company at the time called Monace, who stood up on stage and said, source text is wrong. That was her message. And she explained why and why we should be doing things differently. And it was one of those moments I'll always remember because the audience, you could see them thinking about what she was saying and going, actually, you know, she may have a point. So those moments are fantastic. And and for Julia, uh, as well as other people, it really helped her move on in her career. She got offers for speaking offers and various other things came as a result of getting that visibility at the pick. We, we've had another person, uh, Lori Silverstein uh, from SPI, who because of her uh, winning the pick, her company says, hold on, you may have a really cool thing here. They invested in it and she built a you know, $10 million business unit off the back of that visibility and that validation. And that's what it does for people. But then we see other benefits like People in the audience just getting two ideas and, and going and working with it, and then connecting back with the innovator and saying, "Hey, can you help me out with a bit more detail because we think it's cool what you did."
0: Yeah, it's getting people that validation. I think that really resonates with uh, with the contestants um, and 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 how they have seen their their careers progress. Um, it's been really fun to include those ideas in Multilingual Magazine as well. Uh, and now profiling the winners, I think it just makes a lot of sense to give people that opportunity not only to um, you know further their own to increase their own potential in the industry, but to increase the potential of the industry as a whole. So, what are what what would you call out as some key trends that you've seen over the years that that continue to be uh, uh, entered into PIC? No. Yeah. You know?
1: One of the things which is really nice is that we do get a view on some trends. Um, Three or four years ago, it wasn't a direct correlation. So we we might see a trend popping up, but it wasn't representative in what we saw as part of the process innovation challenge competition. Um, Now we're starting to see a lot more direct correlation, and it's happening faster. So that lead time between the innovation trend happening and us seeing innovations is really short. Uh, And a couple of years ago we were starting to see movement, obviously process automation, a lot of the translation management automation stuff was strong. We then started to see multimedia showing its head a bit more with dubbing and other uh, subtitling, another kind of smart multimedia uh, approaches and technologies. And then obviously in the last 12 months we've really seen AI in a big way, but then generative pivots. And in the final today, we have uh, five of them are directly on generative, right? So five out of six. And it, it, what it tells me is that that speed of change uh, is being reacted to through products and concepts much faster. So the flux that we're seeing, companies are reacting to it and productizing it a lot quicker than they used to uh, because they know they have to get to market, they have to create that blue ocean and, and you know make good on it. So the timing part of innovation has changed Yeah. You you know, many companies, especially larger companies, have, you know, taken innovation, maybe hid it away for a while and waited for the timing to be right. Well, now that bet is becoming maybe not so good bet. You need to be more of a first mover nowadays, and we're seeing that certainly at the pick.
0: Yeah, um, it's those trends that stand out and people catch on to. I think generative AI is something that people, especially in language, that... Uh, users, end users or business users, have been aware of, and now for them, since ChatGPT, it has taken a form that they understand maybe better. Even though for us, um, in the industry, it's it's been a topic for a very long time. So now it's easier to talk to a client, talk to a prospect about that part of your offerings, um, in terms that they can better understand them before. Right. Yeah,
1: yeah. I remember a time uh, being a technologist at my heart, um, where the techie groups uh, would find the technology and y- you know eventually pass it on and make it, uh, that technology do something that had business impact, and then people noticed. Yeah. Whereas now everyone's a technologist, and we all want to be uh, learning about those new trends and technologies early, so as we can a- a- adapt and apply it in our business maybe be the hero or or whatever. Um, So so we've certainly seen a change in that, and I think the consumer usage of mobile devices and the speed at which we're used to getting information and content, those behavioral changes have changed things cognitively for us, that we have an expectancy that, hey, I can do this on my iPhone or my device, I should be able to do it in business. So that kind of speed of business um, functionality from the consumer world, it's it's just shortened. That lead time has really gone down. There's an expectancy now that I can do that here, why can't I do it there? So businesses have to, to pivot to that really quickly, and that means anything generative AI. You know, I see those as engines, right? You need to have a chassis and a framework for putting those engines in, because we're going to have new engines. We're going to have adaptive AI. We're going to have other ones after that. So you, you just need to be able to roll with the punches a bit and plug in and plug stuff out as it actually has business benefit to your use case.
0: Yeah, and uh, and do you, do you reckon that generative AI is going to keep being a big topic in the same way as now, or is there a rush on it now because it's novel and it's useful right now, uh, or do you feel that because of the current high focus on it, that other aspects of um, uh, you know the operations of, of localizing. Are pushed to the background more than they should be. Are the do you know of other innovations that are happening currently that are just not getting the, you know, the, the spotlight, the focus that they deserve because everybody is talking almost exclusively about Gen AI.
1: You know, if you've got a very clean white room and it looks pristine, and then you have a blue elef- elephant in the corner right, we'll spot it, right? But if you have a white elephant in the corner, maybe we don't spot it as easily, right? We have to tune our eyes a bit to, oh, hold on, there is, some th- there is an elephant yeah. in this room, right? Um, and I, I, I think the kind of hype cycle that has associated itself with generative AI has been as big as any hype cycles. Like if you go back to yeah. the iPhone launch in 2007, near where we are today, right. um, it really was one of those big events that got global audiences going. Hold on, what's going on here? This is changing things more significantly really than just a product launch, yeah. you know. So that got, it's changing habits, yeah. uh, and I, I think you know people are looking at generative as a way. Is that changing habits? Will it change? Of course it will. Of course it will. But I think it's the starting point for this type of AI, and we're just going to have different names come and go, right? People who have an interest in the next generation beyond generative will be trying to get, you know, adaptive in the vernacular a bit more and then the next one after that. So we will see this changing. And that flux I mentioned earlier, that speed of flux is increasing. So we have to be in the change management game. We have to have skills that allow us to do change management better, to communicate things better, to talk about our brands better, right? So none of that changes, but we actually have to do more of it because of this flux and high change environment. Yeah, that's
0: very interesting. Um well i'm i'm excited to see the pick. it's always one of the few that i get to go to even though we're at a booth and um um usually keynote and pick. they're 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 a, they're a have to see for me so can you please remind us all when it's happening um and uh, and where to go
1: yeah one 30 today wednesday <laughs> and uh yeah it's it's in the main atrium and uh, thank you, as ever, for your support. Uh, Multilingual has been supporting us um, for last number of years, and it's really been great and appreciated. Because, you know, for innovators, they get different gains out of this. Some of them learn how to pitch in three minutes, right? That's a big change for many people, you know. I, I'm a 20 slide person myself, and, you know, if I have to pitch in three minutes, oh, I have a lot of work to do. But. So that's on one side, but then the visibility they get and when they pure play on innovation and then, you know, do a sales pitch, you know, people notice that and they say, okay, you've got a really cool idea there or the use case is cool or the concept you have is, is brilliant and I can either use it directly or I'll use part of what you've uh, presented and then I can adapt it to my own use case. Some of the innovations I really love are where they're not a brand new innovation but they're an old one applied to new use case. Yeah. Right. Like, they're the ones that I go, now you're talking. Yeah. You know, that's, that's innovation as well.
0: Will there be some of those today?
1: Ah, you'll have to wait and see. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, we'll definitely be there. Uh, thank you for being here, okay. and uh, yeah, we'll see you around, as always. Thanks. Nice you. Thank you for listening to Localization Today. To subscribe to Multilingual Magazine, go to multilingual.com. Slash subscribe.